All right, hey, it's good to see everybody uh, here today. Hey, if you got a, if you got a Bible, uh, go ahead and take your Bible and open up to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4 is, uh, is where we're going to... Uh, where we're going to be today, and we're going to jump out of the, out of the gate and just and go ahead and read that, Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to start in verse 17. Um, but here's, here's what I want to do today. just want to give you uh, some, uh, uh, an awareness about something we're going to do at the end of the service today. Uh, Joey and Rick reference, and everybody, everybody knows, it's on everybody's heart, the events that took place at the college uh, this week. And, and I know a lot of you that are in the room, uh, you, you knew people, uh, you knew uh, some of the people that were that were impacted by that event uh, maybe it might be family, friends for you, and so uh, a lot of people are hurting today. I've already said that here, but a lot of you are hurting today. A lot of you are filled with questions, and a lot of us are filled with the desire to to step in and help, to step in and help in some way, shape, or form. And uh, and and you've probably seen on Facebook. I think they've even mentioned WYMT and various other things. There's been an account set up to uh, to help the family. Um, to help the, uh, the families. Uh, and, and, and what we're going to do today, uh, Summit is going to donate $2,000 to, uh, to that account. But, but we know that a lot of you will want to give too. Maybe you haven't had a chance to, to, uh, to, to do that on your own. And so we want to give you an opportunity to be a part of that today as well. When you leave, uh, at, when you leave right at the back door at the end of the service, there will be some guest service volunteers with baskets. If you would also like to give uh, to that and, and everything that you give as you walk out of the door today, we'll go, 100% of that will go to, to that fund, to that account that's been set up. And so if you want to do that, I just want to make you aware of that, that as you leave today, that will be available uh, and take advantage of that if you can. I know you probably, did not, you might, probably didn't come at all prepared to do that or whatever, but if God's laying on your heart, you want to step up and you want to be a part of that, that's going to be there for you as soon as you leave today at the doors of the auditorium, all right? So Ephesians 4 is, is, uh, is where we're going to be today, and uh, hopefully you are already there at Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to read this, and then we're going to jump in, all right? So let's pray. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for today. I thank you so much. Jesus, for what you are going to do here today. God, I believe this is going to be a a big day, an epic day, a life-changing day for so many people. God, I believe there are people in the room today that don't have a relationship with you. Today is the day they begin one. God, I believe there are people in the room today, they're Christians, but they just feel stuck. They just just feel like there's there's this wall in their life, this thing in their life. They would love to take a step forward but they have yet to do so, and they've started to believe that will never happen. Jesus, I pray that you would help us to see that because we are in Christ and made brand new, we have a brand new identity, we can change. We can change at the deepest levels of who we are. So speak to us at that level today, God, because it's going to take a lot of honesty today. It's going to take a lot of us having freedom from you, that freedom that only you give to to help us to be free and real today. So give us that kind of freedom. In Jesus' name, amen. Ephesians chapter 4, and we're going to start reading in verse uh, 17. We're going to read down to verse 24. uh, So you can go ahead and turn your app on, on your uh, mobile device or whatever. Uh, But if you don't have a Bible or anything, the words are going to be up on the screen. They should be behind me. And uh, I also want to say, hey, if you don't have a Bible, when you leave today, the back of the auditorium, there's a table back there with Bibles. 
Those are free. Just grab one, okay? Just grab a Bible on your way out. But Ephesians 4, verse 17, that's where we're going to start today. And we're just going to read all the way to verse 24. Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They've become callous and given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. Some of you, that sounds like your Saturday night. Um, but that is not the way you learn Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus, we're going to spend the whole morning on what we're about to read. Okay? Big stuff coming up right here. To put off your old self. To put off your old self. Everybody really loud say put off. Put off. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self. Everybody say put on. Put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Um, I know we, we're, a, we're a few weeks in to, uh, we're a few weeks into 2013, and, and I don't know, there's a lot of people here today, a lot of first-time guests, and hey, listen, if you're a first-time guest with us today, we are so excited that you are here today, uh, but, but I don't know how you feel, how everybody feels about New Year's resolutions. Some people uh, really get excited about New Year's resolutions. Other people, they don't get into New Year's resolutions at all, but here's what I know. Crowd this big, I don't know most of you, but here's what I know, one thing at least that we all have in common. At least one thing that we all have in common is that there is something in everyone's life that you wish you could change. There's, there's something in your life. I'm not talking about something outside of you. I'm talking about something inside of you. There's something in your life that you wish you could change. There's, there's stuff in my life that I wish I could change. Things I wish I didn't think certain things or do certain things or act certain ways in a certain situation and scenario. And you are the same way. There's something in your life that you wish you could change. And so maybe you look at it and you look at it and you think, man, if I could just take a step forward right here in this area, that would be an unbelievable breakthrough in my life. Real deep change. Everybody wants it. For you, maybe it's that sin or temptation that you've been struggling with for years. I mean, it's not on your day planner, but it just shows up daily, weekly, monthly. You've been struggling with that thing for years, and you look at that thing. I don't know what it is, but you look at it, and you think, I would like to change right there. Maybe it's anxiety. You're just constantly freaking out over things and, and worried about your life. And, and people tell you, hey, you shouldn't worry so much. I know, I shouldn't worry so much. And you wish you couldn't worry so much, but for some reason, you can't quit. Maybe that's it for you. Maybe, maybe it's the way that your past operates in your life. And so maybe we've talked about labels almost every single week in this series, labels that we put on ourselves, labels that other people put on us. And maybe it's a label from your past, something that you've done, you've slapped on you, or other people have slapped on you, and who you were, that label, that thing in your past defines your present. 
And, and you wish that you could change so that your past wasn't as dominant as it was in the present. We could go on and on and on, but everybody wants change. So the question is, how do you get it? question is, how do you change? And that's exactly what we're going to try to answer. Right? That's, that's exactly what we're going to talk about today, is how can you change, real change in the deep down areas of your life. Because today we're in a series, just part three of a series, we're in the book of Ephesians, all the month of January. Many of our life groups are, those are our small groups that meet throughout the week. So if you're not in the life group, uh, you should check out summithazard.com, get the schedule, or you can even visit the next step booth today, get a schedule there, jump in a life group. But, but we're in the book of Ephesians throughout the month of January, because the book of Ephesians is all about The idea that God doesn't simply forgive you for your sins, but he also gives you a new identity. That the moment that I give my life to Jesus, I'm made brand new because he's forgiven me and he's also given me a new identity. And so when you think about the idea of change, I don't want you to think about change as becoming something that you're not. That's not what change is. Because if you're here and you're in Christ, If you're saved, you've got a relationship with Jesus, what I mean by that, what the book of Ephesians means by that. If you're in Christ, change is simply becoming who you are in Christ. He's already made you different. He's already made you brand new. So the idea of change is just simply becoming who you are in Christ. And and change is so deep, God wants us to change so bad. Look at what he says here. You, you, you heard this in verse 17. He says this, this I say and testify in the Lord. You must no longer walk as the Gentiles do. Here's the problem with that. They were Gentiles. Say, what's a Gentile? I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. We talked about this last week. Gentiles were people who were not Jewish. If you and I were alive at this time, we would be Gentiles, okay? And Gentiles, this was their nationality. This was who they were. And he's saying to them, no longer walk like the Gentiles were. Here's what he means when he says that. When you are in Christ, when you give your life to Jesus, your identity in Christ supersedes, it rises above every other thing that would potentially define who you are. If you're here today, you've got a relationship with Jesus, you're not first and foremost an American. You're not first and foremost a mom or a dad, a son or a daughter, a CEO, a manager, whatever you do. If you're here and you're a Christian, first and foremost, you are in Christ. That's your identity, first and foremost. And so when he says, hey, don't walk like the Gentiles do, here's what he means. Everything about who you were before you met Jesus has got to go. Everything about who you were before you met Jesus, it's got to go. And even Jesus talks to us this way. See, Jesus, out of the gate, Jesus will say things like, if anyone is going to follow me, he's got to carry his cross and follow me. And what he means is this, if you're going to walk with me, if you're going to have a relationship with me, you are going to change. Nobody meets Jesus and stays the same. To meet Jesus is to be changed by Jesus. And to walk with Jesus is to, is to constantly be changed by Jesus. So if you're here and you're just looking for some kind of Christianity where you can live how you want and not go to hell, Right? That kind of Christianity doesn't exist. 
Because nobody has ever met Jesus Christ and stayed the same. Nobody. Nobody. And so Jesus says, I want you to change. And with him in your life, the Holy Spirit in your life, you can change. And so Paul uses this phrase that we read. He uses this phrase, put off your old self and put on your new self. And all he means by that is change. Mark Holmes needs to change. You need to change. How do we change? Put off the old self and put on the new. So here's what I want to do today, because I want to describe what that looks like, because when he uses that image of putting off and putting on, he's given us everyday, nitty-gritty, rubber-meets-the-road Christianity. He's given you a look at what Christianity looks like tomorrow morning, Monday, when the alarm clock goes off and you want to pick it up and throw it through the wall. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Right? He's saying this is what it's going to look like every day. If you want to change, this is how you do it. And so here's what I want to do today. I want to give us four words. Four words that describe how we can change at the deepest level of who we are. Four words that describe what it means to take off who you used to be and put on who you are now in Christ. So if you're a note taker, that's awesome because today's for you. But if you're not a note taker, I'm telling you, you need to write these four words down. Okay, four words that describe how to change. First word is specific. First word that describes how to put off who you were and put on who you are in Christ is the word specific. See, what I love about this, I just love how honest the Bible is. Because he says here, he's talking to a church. The book of Ephesians is a letter to a church, the church at Ephesus. And he says this, he's talking to the entire church. And he says, put off who you used to be and put on who you are now in Christ. He doesn't single anybody out. Did you see that? Paul Paul is not writing this letter, and then all of a sudden he says, hey, Joe, man, can you stop looking at that stuff? Because that's dirty, man. Tom, can you stop touching that, man? That's not even yours, bro. He He doesn't single anybody out. He just makes a blanket statement for everybody in this church, the church at Ephesus, and this church, Summit, today. See, just the fact that he says, put off who you were and put on who you are to everybody shows that there's stuff in everybody's life that's got to go. There's stuff in everybody's life that's got to go. So see, this message isn't for somebody else. This is for me. Because there's stuff in my life that's got to go. There's stuff in your life that's got to go. Look at the person next to you and say, you need to change. Some of y'all got a little too happy right there. You've been waiting for that moment your entire life. Look at, but look at, you need to change. Yeah? Now, now look back at that same person and look back at him and say, so do I. So do I. Because there's stuff in our lives that's got to go. There's stuff in our lives that's got to go. And listen, if we don't deal with those things that are in our lives that have got to go, they will take us out. See, that's what sin always wants to do. And listen, can we just be honest? Let's not dress it up because we're, hey, we're going we're to do some stuff. We're going to do some stuff today, all right? We're about to do some stuff, some work here at church today. So we don't need to pretty up issues in our lives. We don't need to make it prettier than it is. Let's just label it for what the Bible lab- labels it, sin. And see, that's what sin always wants to do. Sin always and only wants to take you out. I don't, know if you, uh, I don't know if you are familiar with it or not. There's a story in Genesis chapter 4. It's the story of Cain and Abel. 
Um, it, it's, it's a beautiful story about, about brotherly love and how to care for one another. Um, um, I, Cain kills his brother Abel is what happens. Some of you are like, that sounds awesome. Um, but that's why Cain kills his brother Abel, Genesis chapter 4. But God knows what Cain is thinking about doing before he does it. And God comes to Cain and he says this, he, he says this sentence to Cain and it's a perfect picture for what sin wants to do in our lives. He comes to Cain and he says this. He says, Cain, sin is crouching at the door and its desire is to have you. Here's what he means. Here's what he means. He says, he says listen, summit. Sin is hiding in your life, waiting for the best time to creep in and take you down. So listen, listen. Do you know what that sin is in your life? Do do you know what that issue is in your life that has the most potential to take you out? See, I'm not talking to anybody else here. I'm talking to you. Do you know what that thing is in your life that has the most potential to take you out? For some of you, it's anxiety. We already talked about that. Others of you, it's anger. Others of you, maybe it's a sexual sin. You're addicted to pornography. In a crowd this size, that is happening in the room. You're sleeping with somebody that's not your spouse. You got some emotional issues in your life. Maybe it's a relationship that you've entered into. You know it's not a relationship you need to be in. Your friends are telling you you need out of that relationship. You're in it anyway, and you know and God knows it's sucking the air out of your relationship with him. Listen, I could go on and on and on, but do you know that one thing, that specific thing in our lives? I mean, there could be a lot, but I'm asking you to narrow it down to one thing. What is the thing in your life that has the most potential to take you down? And don't say sin, right? Well, brother, the thing that can really hurt me is sin. Way to go, Captain Obvious. Way to go. What color's the grass while you're at it? Duh, right? Listen, listen. Hey, we're, we're laughing. If you don't know what the specific, is that can, specific thing is that can take you down, Satan does. And he will bait your hook in a way to get you to bite the hook and fall. So you need to know what that thing is. What is that thing? What is that thing? What is the thing that is crouching at the door in your life looking for the moment that a door creaks open and it can step in and take you out. you got to know it. And listen, if you don't know what it is, ask God. God knows. If you don't want to ask God, that's fine. If you're married, ask your spouse. Because they've been praying about it for years, amen? Amen, they're just waiting for you to see it. That's why they're pumped you're here today. Right? Love this church. He's a loser, finally. Right? Ask somebody. But listen, you need to know what it is. So here's my question. What is it? What is it? When you walked in today, you got an index card. You got an index card. Here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to take that index card right now while I'm talking. Right now while I'm talking. Just a blank, simple index card. Nothing magic about it. We didn't pray over it. We didn't anoint it. We bought them a CVS. We gave them out this morning. That's all we did. Just your average Joe index card. But I, want you, but I want you, I'm telling you, what we're about to do today can radically change your life. I want you to take that index card, and I want you to write on that index card that thing. I want you to, I want you to get a pen and write on that card what that thing is. Now, some of you are really freaked out, and you're ashamed by what that thing is, so don't be ashamed. You can do this. You know, you can hide it. You know, 
person next to you is trying to look, you can just elbow them and then write anger or whatever, but write it down. Write it down. If you're sitting there thinking, oh man, well, I don't want to write it down. What will they think about me if, if they see it? Well, then you should write down that you care too much about what people think. That's what you need to write down on the card, okay? But write it down. Get specific. Get specific and write it down. Satan knows, God knows, and if you don't know, you're in trouble. Write it down. Get specific. Specific's the first word. Next word is intentional. If we're going to change, not only do we need to get specific, this is what needs to change. We need to get intentional about how we're going to change in that area. That's exactly why he uses that image of putting off your old self, putting on your new self. He's using the image of changing clothes, putting off some new clothes, getting intentional about what you wear every day. Now, some of you don't relate to that at all. Right? Some of you, it's clear that you didn't, you didn't put any thought into your outfit this morning. Others of you did. Right? Right? Or maybe you're here, you were really intentional about the way that you look this morning. You're intentional about the way you look every day. But think about this. How many times do you change clothes? A lot, right? A lot. Hopefully at least one time a day. Can we all just pretend it's one time a day? All right? Because here's what he means. Here's what he's saying. Change isn't a one-time event. If you want to change in that area, you want to change in that area, it's going to be an everyday process. It's going to be just like taking off what you wore yesterday, putting on a brand new outfit, taking it off and putting on a new outfit, taking it off and putting on a new outfit. you got to get intentional about it because it's not a one-time event. It's a process. It's an everyday process. And listen, if you're not intentional If you're not intentional about changing in that area, then you'll drift. See, because our hearts, my heart, your heart, our our hearts are just like rivers. You can think of your heart like a river. And rivers rarely, they never stay still. There's always a current. They're always moving. And my heart and your heart are just like that. And because we're born sinners, the current of our heart is naturally going away from God. That's why when I give my life to Jesus, he steps in, gives me a new heart, changes the direction of the current so that now my heart flows towards him. But if I'm not intentional about where my heart's going, my heart will drift away from God. This is exactly why you've known people who were really excited about Jesus for a while, then all of a sudden they quit coming to church. Amen? You been in that conversation? This is why there's somebody that's listening to the podcast right now. You used to be here every single week, and now you never come. And if we saw you and we asked you how you're doing, you'd say you're fine, but you know you're not where you used to be. You, you need to be intentional about changing in that area. I'm going to take something off. I'm going to put something else on. You need to be specific, intentional. Number three, the word replace. Say, how can I get intentional about changing in that area is the word replace. See, because he uses a phrase here in, in, this, in this passage, and he says, he says this, to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So he's not telling you to stop it. Right? He's not telling you to look at that thing that you wrote on your card or that thing that you're thinking about writing on your card and saying, hey, won't you quit? Just stop doing that. Don't you hate when Christians say that stuff to you? I hate when Christians talk to me that way, right? Can I get on a soapbox for a second? It's too late. I got the mic. 
Christians, this is why when somebody comes to you and talks about how they're struggling or an issue in their life, never give anybody a soft spiritual answer that really doesn't help at all. Right? You ever went to somebody, I've had this happen to me, I walk up to a Christian, man, I'm, man, I'm, not, I'm not doing well, man. I, I got this thing in my life, man, or I keep blowing it in this area. And I've had Christians look back at me and say this. Well, brother, you just need to pray more. Pray more. You need to pray more because I'm about to punch you in the throat. Pray more. Pray, or, or, or this, or this, right? This one. This is a classic. This is classic. Oh, man, I'm not doing well, man. I need some help. Well, you just need to trust the Lord. Right? Assuming that they're not. Assuming that they're not praying about it. Because let's be honest, if praying about it over and over and over would have helped, then why did you write it down on the card? Right? Let's get real. If it was just like a switch and you could stop it and then start it, you would have done it already. But it doesn't work that way, does it? This is exactly why he uses the phrase deceitful desires. Because my problem is not my behavior. Now, my behavior probably needs to change, but if I just aim at my behavior, I'm missing where my behavior comes from. Because my behavior, the Bible says, flows out of my heart. This is why the book of Proverbs says, above all else, guard your, does anybody else know? Heart. Your, it says this in the book of Proverbs, your heart is the wellspring of life. What it means, everything you do flows out of your heart. Your behavior comes from your heart. Thoughts from your heart. What you do, say, it all. Our lives flow from our heart. So watch this. If I'm going to change, my heart needs to change, and my behavior will follow my heart. If I aim at behavior but miss the heart, at the end of the day, I'm just the old religious person that looks down on everybody else because I'm better than them. Your heart's got to change if you're going to change. And so he uses that phrase we saw it a minute ago, be renewed in the spirit of your minds. I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but the Bible talks a lot about our minds, doesn't it? it I don't know where you're at if you know the Bible. or you, I don't know how, how familiar you, you are with the Bible. But the Bible talks a lot about this idea of renewing our minds. Ro- Romans chapter 12, renew your mind. Colossians chapter 3, Philippians chapter 4. Four, Ephesians chapter 4, renew your mind. And, and, and literally, the word renew, it means to restore. It, it means, it means to, to take out what's bad, to replace the torn up and the broken hard drive and replace it with a new one. To take out what is old and replace it with the new. And so here's exactly what he means, and here's the image that he's given us. If you want to take off the old, that thing, see change in that area, you don't need to simply stop it, you need to replace it. You need to replace the old man, who you used to be, with who you are in Christ. Say, how do I do that? Here's what he says, here's what he says to do. That happens as our minds are renewed, as my hard drive, as my thinking more gets, gets more in line with who I am in Christ. So here's, here's, here's practically how to do that. That thing that you wrote on that card, that thing, whatever it is that you wrote on that card, here's what you need to do. Here's how you're going to fight that tomorrow morning, this afternoon, and every day until you die or Jesus comes back. 
What you do is you need to get a word from God, a verse out of Scripture, a word from God where God speaks specifically about that issue so that every time that rises up in your life, every time that comes to the surface in your life, you can speak it, you can declare it, you can sing it, you can get it in your life so that your thinking every time, it reflects more and more who you are in Christ, not who you were before Christ. So you wrote down anxiety. Anxiety is what's on your card. You should take a scripture like Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5 that say this. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious for anything. And see, here's what he means. What he means is this. Every time you're tempted to freak out, every time you're tempted to worry and to get anxious, you need to remind yourself the Lord is at hand. He is right there with you. He's greater than whatever you're facing. He's greater than whatever you're worried about. He's stronger than whatever you're worried about. Whatever mountain is in your life, he built that mountain. He can move that mountain. He can destroy that mountain. He's God. He's on the scene. You wrote down anger. You wrote down anger. And you're just tempted, man, to, to fly off the handle a lot of times. Traffic goes too slow and you wish you could drive a tank. Right? You need to get a verse like Romans chapter 12, verse 19 that says this, Beloved, never revenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. Somebody does something to you, they hurt you, and, and you want to get them back. You want to get revenge. You want to get the last word. You want to let them know that they don't mess with you. You're angry, and you don't want to forgive them. And listen, that feels good, that anger and that bitterness and that rage. But you know what? It only hurts you and not them. It only puts you in prison, doesn't affect them at all. And so what Romans twelve nineteen is pressing in on us is this. Hey, you know what? You can get the last word. You want to go and you want to take them out? You want to go slash their tires? You want to put some up on Facebook? Do it. And you know what? That's only going back to the old man and your heart goes away from Christ in that scenario. But here's another scenario. You can put on who you are in Christ and trust that God is going to get the last word either in this life or the next. God will make it right. God knows how you've been wounded. God knows what they did. He cares more than we do, and he will make it right. And see, what you do is, is every time that happens, your thinking is getting more and more in line with who you are in Christ. You've got to understand this is not just some book. This is the Word of God. You've got to know that, man. You've got to know that. Because some of you are thinking this, bro, you're just telling me to memorize some Bible? Never underestimate the power of the Word of God in your life. Never. Next week, we're going to talk about Ephesians 6, the armor of God. In the armor of God, you get one weapon, and it's called the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. Every time who you used to be rises up, you take the sword and you run it through who you were. You get intentional about starving that, about killing that, so that you can see some change come in your life. I probably didn't even use an example for what you wrote down on your card. You say, I don't know the Bible that well. How can I find some stuff about what I wrote down on my card? Easy. Go to Google. And you go to Google, and you, I do this all the time. You go to Google and type in Bible verses about whatever. You say, well, it's Google. Won't it take me to, that's satanic. That's, a, that's, not, that's not a Christian search engine, brother. 
It's Google. It's going to take you to the Bible. Just go there today and get something about what God says about that thing in your life. Get intentional about it. Replace who you were with who you are and watch God move. Because here's the last word. Here's number four. Last word you need to see. You need to get specific. You need to get intentional. You need to replace who you were with who you are. And the last word is the word victorious. It's the word victorious. See, because when we think change, when we think change, what we typically think are things to do. Ten steps, a process, a quick fix. Listen, at the core of Christianity is not a process, it's a person. And his name is Jesus Christ. At the core of Christianity is not stuff to do. It is a person. It is the man, the second person of the Trinity, God with skin on, Jesus Christ. And here's what he did. He left heaven and he put skin on and he lived over 30 years. He was perfect for over 30 years. I can't be perfect for a millisecond. Ask my wife. Right? He was perfect his entire life. And do you know why he did that? Because when he left heaven, and we just celebrated Christmas, when he left heaven and he stepped foot into our reality and he was born in that manger, do you know what he was doing? What he was doing was he was taking your card. He was taking that thing that you wrote down, that thing that you would love to have freedom over, And he took it and he said, I've got that. And and he took it on himself. The, The labels that you define yourself with for who you were, what he did is he put skin on and he took those labels on himself. And he lived a perfect life. He lived a sinless life. And then and then Jesus went to the cross. And the Bible, the Bible says that he was tortured to death almost before he even went to the cross. And they arrested Jesus and they mocked Jesus and they took Jesus to a hill called Calvary. And when they took Jesus to the cross, do you know what Jesus took with him? Your card, that thing, that area, that sin, that struggle. He took that thing where you would love to see a step forward in. He took that thing that's destroying your family. He took that thing that if you give into it, it will cause you to miss everything that God would do in and through your life. And what Jesus did is Jesus took your card and when he was nailed to the cross, it was nailed there with him. And he took it to the cross. And on the cross, it is still there. Your card, that thing that you wrote down, it is not victorious over your life. Jesus is victorious over that thing. Jesus is victorious over that area. And three days later, after
after they killed him, after they put him in a tomb, after they said, it's over, Jesus says, not yet. And three days later, Jesus came out of the tomb. But listen, what you wrote on that card, that sin, that area, that struggle, stayed in the tomb. It didn't come out with him because he killed it. Because he took it to Calvary's cross and he nailed it to the cross. And to this day, that's where it is. And what he did, Galatians says that he gave us freedom. So whatever you wrote down on your card, you are already free in Christ if you're in Christ. That's not your boss. That's not your master. You've got a better master, and his name is Jesus. That sin, that thing is not your boss. That has already been defeated, and you have freedom from that. Listen, listen. We don't, we don't work for freedom, okay? We, we don't work for freedom. So, so we're not talking today about trying to do a bunch of stuff so that, God, so that we can clean ourselves off. God will love us. That's not Christianity at all. It's not Christianity at all. If we could go to God, Jesus wouldn't have needed to die, but he came because we couldn't take a step towards God. So we don't work for freedom. Watch this. We work from freedom. We have freedom in Christ. He has already declared us free. And the freedom that Jesus gives does not make me lazy. The freedom that Jesus gives, if you've experienced that freedom, it doesn't make you lazy. It gives you a new heart so that that new heart wants to say, Jesus, I want to get rid of everything that holds me back from experiencing your freedom. I want to get rid of everything that's associated with the old man. I want to put on who I am in Christ. I want to walk with you. We don't work for freedom. We work from freedom. Why? Because he is victorious. And in him, so are we. In him, so are we. And so here's what I want to challenge you to do. This might be a little uncomfortable for you, but I think it's worth it. There's crosses all over this auditorium. All over this auditorium, there are crosses. And in just a moment, there's going to be hammers and nails at every one of these crosses. And what I want you to do, I'm going to pray. And as soon as I'm done praying, as soon as I say amen, I want you to get up out of your seat. And I want you to make your way to one of these crosses. And I want you to grab a hammer and a nail. And I want you to nail that card to the cross. Why? Just to remind you that you have victory over that as to give you a visible picture that Jesus has died and he took it to the cross and that's where it is that's what it's dead you have freedom so as soon as i say amen as soon as i say amen to celebrate the victory that we have i want you to make your way to one of these crosses and grab a hammer and a nail and i want you to drive it in there cuz that's what he did with whatever you wrote down some of you though some of you though you're not, you're not a Christian. You don't have a relationship with Jesus. I've been talking about this, and, and, and you're not really into the whole spiritual thing, but, you're, but the idea of change you like, because you'd love to see it happen for you. You can't go out today and change yourself. You can't go out today and try to clean yourself off and get some moral improvement program. That's not what Jesus came to do. Jesus came to make you brand new. And if you're here today and you want to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ, you want to 
you want to give your life to Jesus for the very first time and have him step in to your heart and begin a relationship with him so that he changes your life. If you want to begin a relationship with Jesus today, here's what you should write down on that card. Your name. And when everybody else starts moving to one of these crosses, you do the exact same thing. You take that, cro- you take that card with your name on it and drive that, cro- drive that card onto the cross because today was the day that the victory that Jesus bought becomes a reality in your life. Man, I've been praying all week that you would come and that you would experience the victory that's already ours in Christ, that you can have in Christ. It's a a summit we're going to pray. And as soon as I say amen, you make your move to one of these crosses to celebrate the victory that he bought for you. Father, I thank you so much that Jesus left heaven and came and died and rose again so that we can have victory. And it's a victory that he purchased for us. And so, Father, right now I pray that no one would leave untouched. I pray that no one would leave who they were. I pray that we all would leave with a knowledge, with an experience of the victory that we have in Christ. Whatever anybody wrote down, that's not who we were. We can change. You're bigger and you're greater and you're stronger. You spoke a word about that. That word can radically change our lives. And Jesus, we already have the victory. There are men and women in the room They don't have a relationship with you. Today's the day, Jesus. They write their name on that card just like all these other people are going to do. They're going to make their way to the cross. Drive that card on there to say, today's the day. I'm no longer who I was, but I am brand new in Christ. Jesus, we love you and we celebrate the victory that we have in your name. Amen. You come right now. You come right now. People are already at these crosses. You make your way up. There's hammers. There's nails there. You just make your way up and you just grab a hammer. You grab a nail. You go to whichever cross, they're in the back, they're in the front, you move. I know it's, I know there's a lot of people moving right now. I'm telling you it's worth it. I'm telling you it's worth it to be a part of this, to make that move and to take that step and to say, I'm no longer that. I believe there's people right now, you, you wrote your name on a card. You wrote your name on a card because today's the day you're brand new. You keep moving while the band plays. You keep moving, you keep coming. You just make your move. In the morning, when I rise, in the morning, when I rise, in the morning. Make your move right now. When I rise, give me Listen, after you're done, just make your way back to the seat because we're not done today. We're not done, but you make your way to a cross. You make your way to one of these crosses, all right? Stay here, don't leave, but make your move today. I know there's a lot of people doing this right now, but I'm telling you, lives are being changed. People are making big decisions. You do what God's telling you to do today.
Don't miss this. Don't miss it. Don't miss your opportunity. You make your move today. something else for you today but listen if you know you need to make a move today you know maybe you need to write your name on a card you were a little too shy to write something down there it's sends such a strong picture to see that issue in your life to see that thing that's been holding you back to see it and to nail it to a cross that's exactly what Jesus did for that so you make your move let's bring the lights down some here's what we're gonna do we're gonna pray people are still moving they're still making decisions. But here's what I want us to do. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much that people are still moving, that people are still responding, that people are still making decisions. And God, I thank you for everything that you're doing in this room right now. Right now. 
But God, you're not done. God, I believe there, there might be somebody here that needs to make a decision, needs to talk to someone, needs to make a decision public. So God, I pray that right now, with every head bowed, with every eye closed, that we would respond in a way that you want us to. With every head bowed, with every eye closed, no one is looking, but let me ask you a question. I wonder, I wonder if you're here today and you wrote your name on that card. I wonder if you're here today and you, you know you need to begin a relationship with Jesus. You've never done that before in your life. You've never, you've never asked Jesus to come into your life and to save you and to give you a new heart and begin a relationship with him. I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. And right there where you sit, you can just pray a prayer with me. These are not magic words, but just find that these are helpful for people a lot of times. You can right there where you sit, pray this prayer with me right now. If you're here, you want to begin a relationship with Jesus and ask him to come into your life for the very first time. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, thank you for coming. Thank you for dying for my sin. And thank you for coming back to life for me. Forgive me for my sin. Give me a new heart and change me forever. I never want to be the same. I never want to go back. I want a relationship with you. If you just prayed that prayer, you know what? Jesus calls us to make that public. And I'm going to count to three, and all I'm going to ask you to do is raise your hand. Just going to ask you to raise your hand today. If you just prayed that prayer, if you prayed that prayer, I want you to slip your hand up into the air as soon as I say three. One, two, right now is your time, not next week, not next month. Right now, if you just prayed that prayer, you want to begin a relationship with Jesus. As soon as I say three, you shoot your hand up. Three, raise your hand right now if that's you. Hands are going up. There's one, two, three, four. Anybody else? Anybody else? Five. Anybody else? Say, I want to begin a relationship with Jesus. Hands have went up all over the room. Now, here's what I want to ask you to do. Here's what I want to ask you to do, okay? Because listen, you didn't, you didn't simply make a decision and you finished something. You started a relationship with Jesus today, okay? Now, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. If you just raised your hand, nobody is looking, the lights are down, but here's what I would ask you to do. Right now, there are people in the back of the auditorium who want to talk to you, who want to encourage you. And listen, all we want to do is give you a free Bible, help you to know what you just did, take the next step. Because I'm telling you, you just made the most significant decision of your life. And here's what I want you to do. If you just raised your hand, I want you to get up out of your seat and make your way to the back of the auditorium. There are people who are there right now. There are people who are there right now. But listen, if you just raised your hand, go ahead and do it. Go ahead and make that move right now. Don't wish you had done it later. Do it right now. People are moving right now. There are people that are getting up out of their seats and going, why don't you? If you just raised your hand, make your way to the back. They're just going to give you a free Bible, talk with you, and they'll have you back in your seat before we're done today in just a few minutes, okay? But if you did that, you want to begin a relationship with Jesus, go to the back right now make that move, okay? Make that move. I'm telling you, you're in a safe place to do that today, okay? You're making the best decision, most significant decision in your life. Summit people are moving. Do you need to be a part of it? You go right now. Just go. Just go. Just go. Don't wish you'd have done it later. Wish you'd have done it in, when you're in the car or when you're at lunch. This is your time. You go. God, I thank you so much for, for all the people that have responded today, for the lives that have been changed and decisions that have been made. And God, for the victory that we celebrate in Christ. Thank you that Jesus, the victory is ours because you've purchased it. And Jesus, we love you and we give you all 
glory for this day and God for everything that you've done in our lives and for everything that you want to do through our lives Father we love you we ask all this in Jesus name amen summit let's celebrate let's celebrate the victory that we have in Christ and I'm telling you let's get can we get loud for the people who walk to the back and are there right now let's get loud for them Man, what an awesome decision. I'm telling you, a lot of people got up just now, made the move. Man, God is working in the room. And I believe that God's done something in your life too today. And here's what we ask you. When you walked in today, you got a connection card. See, you got an index card and a connection card. We love cards. But you got a connection card. And that connection card is just a great way for you to tell us about yourself a little bit. But on the back of that card, we give you a lot of space to let us know about any decision that you want to make. Okay? Any decision that you made today, any way we can pray for you, let us know about that on the back of that card. There's also a lot of opportunities for you to volunteer on the back of that card. And listen, we need volunteers. And volunteering, serving here at Summit, gives you a small chance to take your relationship with Jesus to another level. So check an area, and we'll contact you this week. I want to make you aware of two things. Two things for the band plays us out, and we let you go. Okay? Two things. Uh, actually, three. Those connection cards, you can turn them in to guest service volunteers that are, uh, are going to be, uh, out, easy for me to say, out of the, uh, as you're going out of the auditorium, they'll have baskets. You give them your, index, your connection card. It's my first day. I don't know what I'm doing. But here's what I want you to know, all right? Two things. Number one, right after this service, we're doing something we've never done before. It's called First Step. If, you're, if the, you've been coming to Summit for a little bit, and you're like, what is this church like? What does this church believe? Who's the pastor? I heard on topics you're a cult. Um, all that stuff. Uh, I, I just have questions about Summit. What we're going to do, right, and it's right here, right here as soon as everybody leaves, 15 minutes. That's all it is. A 15-minute gathering to meet a couple leaders here at Summit, get your questions answered so that you can take your, take your next step and grow here at Summit. Next Sunday, right after the morning worship experience in our Summit Kids area, we're having Discover Summit. Discover Summit is our partnership event. Partnership is what we call membership. So if you want to make Summit your official home church, if you want to join Summit, become a partner, we ask everybody that wants to do that, you've got to go to Discover Summit. It's an hour and a half, and we will give you lunch, okay? We'll give you lunch, but, but listen, come to that. It's, it's, that right, it's right after next Sunday service in the Summit Kids. Make the decision to come to that. And listen, if you want to stick around for first step, man, I'd love to meet you and your family right here up front as soon as everybody leaves today. Don't forget, you also have an opportunity to give to help families who were, who were impacted this week by the events at the college. That will be as you exit at the back doors of the auditorium. Hey, love you guys. Next week, we're wrapping up brand new in a strong way. Love you guys. Let's stand up. Our band's playing us out today. See you guys next week. Hope you stick around for first step right now in a second.